All right, Brother Bruce is obviously not here tonight, uh, and uh, he's been dealing with the flu for the last uh, week or so, and so uh, we are going to use Bruce's material again, uh, but more broadly and more importantly, we'll use the Lord's material, uh, which is the 150 Psalms that are included in the book of Psalms, particularly to deal with the uh, privilege of prayer. There are lots of ways that you could go about organizing a class or preaching a sermon or engaging in a discussion that would help you to pray better or to pray more effectively. And, uh, you know, all of us who preach or have taught classes have probably in our arsenal at least a couple of little sermons or some articles or something on uh, how to pray better and to pray more effectively. But I wanted just to start out with some very slow-pitched softballs. How important is prayer to us as Christians? And, and if you, again, tonight, if you have a lengthy comment, we'll get a microphone to you. If it's something um, simple and short, just shout it out and we'll repeat it. How important is prayer for Christians? Essential. Essential. That's a good word. What else? Crucial. crucial. That's a good word. Very good. Essential. Crucial. Peaceful. We're on on a roll of of fulls here, aren't we? Good. Um, It is mandated, and I'm not saying that to to throw shade on it, but it is required of us. But the more we pray, the more beneficial, there's another full, that it is, and the more peaceful it becomes for us. Very, very good. Anything else on why prayer is so, so important to us at the outset of our discussion? How would you, if someone comes to you, if a a sister in Christ comes to you, let's pretend it's sister to sister, brother to brother, uh, comes to you and genuinely says, you know what, I'm struggling to uh, pray effectively and frequently. Can you give me some advice? And let's pretend that they gave you a day or so to think about that. What advice would you give them? And then how could, and let's let's start there. What advice would you give them? How would you start out by advice? Yes, Charmin? Intentional. Intentional. What do you mean by intentional? Okay, good. There is nothing wrong with praying whenever there's an instance that comes up throughout the day wherein we can engage in prayer, and we should. But at the same time, we set times uh, to eat, we set times to go to bed, we set times to get up. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to establish these four occasions. That's just, you know, throughout my day where I'm going to spend at least a few moments in prayer. Absolutely, I'm going to take that time to do it. So I'm going to be intentional. So that's very good, Charmin. Thank you. What else? Someone says, I, I don't know how to pray well. What do I do? Yeah. Microphone. Uh, let me get the microphone to you here. Just a sec. Look. <laughs> it's it's a coming. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just wanted to ask because, like, back in the fall, sometimes there's periods when I've kind of lost that conscious contact. I mean, it's like I'm conscious of the birds singing and all these mm-hmm. things. And I just love that. But and and some no here too. I've asked like for help. So if anybody has some ideas, <laughs> of course, I'm kind of an off schedule person the way I work. But I mean, sure. But, you okay. know, you just, I just want it to always be like it used to be where you just right. recognize You're, blessings. And yeah. Thank you. There is something to be said. I'm glad you brought the, the idea of recognizing blessings, recognizing the goodness of God, and um, 
just saying, and I appreciate Brian leading us in prayer. I mean, and I, uh, there was a time this morning where I was like, it's raining again, and I'm stuck out in it, and I'm not smart enough to wear a coat two days in a row, uh, but I'm th- that's my fault, right? But being thankful for those blessings, and I appreciate Brian leading us in prayer, recognizing uh, that, how do we get to that point where, like Judy's talking about, we just, prayer becomes just a part of who we are? Other thoughts, just by way of introduction. Okay, very good. Yeah. Draw near unto me, and I'll draw near to you, right? There you go. Good. Very good. All right. Um, There are lots of techniques, lots of templates, lots of acronyms. Where did David Creech go? Oh, he's he's in the back, so I can't talk bad about him now. Um, But he and I have talked about some acronyms before. Uh, what prayer means, what P-R-A-Y stands for, the Y being yield, finally yielding to God. But one of the things that we could look at is uh, particularly the model prayer and the Psalms in these five particular steps. Uh, How do you address God? Uh, What does the model prayer tell us about how to address God? Sometimes we call it some, some people call it the Lord's Prayer, probably more appropriately called the model prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed. You are special. You are great. You are awesome. Those are the different adjectives that Brian used in, in the prayer tonight. Pray that God's will will be done, uh, which goes a little bit to James chapter 4. Ask for assistance with physical needs, spiritual needs, and then... Uh, I thought this wasn't, I, I, by the way, I didn't create the PowerPoints tonight. Uh, Bruce did, and I appreciate him sharing them with me. How do, you conclude prayer? How do you conclude your prayers? Because maybe the way that you conclude your personal prayer is different than someone else, and it may be helpful to that person who's trying to pray more effectively. Anybody have something that you do? And I know prayer is personal, so I'm not asking to get inside your head, um, and you share something that's private for you, but, but Joseph. Your will be done. And that's a good concluding way of saying it. No matter what, I've asked a lot of things of you, Lord. Your will be done. Good. Anything else? Okay. Kind of goes back to the Davidic idea. If there's any secret sin, if I've hurt someone, if I've harmed someone, if I've done something wrong, forgive me of that. Good. Okay. Okay. this, I thought, was an interesting uh, PowerPoint that, uh, that Bruce came up with. Reviewing the past, reflecting on God, recalling his promises, and then asking God to act is kind of another way of looking at that. Okay. Any comments so far before we go and we're going to take... What we're going to do is we're going to glance at about six psalms, and then we're going to specifically look at one psalm, and we're going to read almost the entire psalm of 20-some verses and really kind of delve into that psalm for 10 or 15 minutes tonight. Uh, Anything else before we kind of go that direction? Yes, Brother Sam here. Change asking to requesting, and you get four R's. I was looking for the R. I, yeah, yeah. Bruce was on a roll, wasn't he? Very good. I like that. 
Okay. Um, expanding the subject matter of our prayers. Uh, let me get to the right page here, but I want to get to here. Uh, one of the points that Bruce made was that an overview of the prayer psalms, because certain psalms are more prayerful. They're, they're all prayers, but certain ones have a more prayerful tone to them. Show us how to uh, have a broader scope of praying effectively. If we limit our prayers to thanks for, and I thought this was a really good point, and I can see Bruce making this, to our food, homes, family, and salvation, if we request to help the sick and spiritually ailing and the personal petitions of times of crisis, we may be robbing ourselves and shorting God at the same time. Let's get inside Bruce's head for a few minutes here. Uh, what is he saying there? Uh, if, we, if we pray about food, homes, family, if we ask for help for others and times of crisis, and that's, that's the limitation of our prayerfulness, we may be robbing God and we may be shorting ourselves. What's he mean by that? Yep. Let's, let's face it. When you lose your job, your hours get cut, you go to the hospital, you have a surgery, uh, all, all Tragedy strikes, crisis hits, then we begin to return to God very quickly. And there's nothing wrong with going to God in, in time of need. Hebrews 4 tells us we go to him in time of need. But we need to be prayerful and thankful and praising him even when things are going splendid in our lives. And when things are just kind of just okay for us. I think that's a really good point, Tali. Thank you. Um, the Psalms showcase language that praises God for his righteous ways and elevates and impresses such a standard of good on our minds. Um, here's a question that Bruce had, and he highlighted it. I thought, well, I'm going to ask this. When was the last time you asked God for wisdom? And don't answer. Don't raise your hand. Say, oh, I did it last week, you know, whatever. But um, that's a good question. Is it appropriate to ask God for wisdom? course it is. Yeah. Um, when we're dealing with tough situations, uh, when we're just going through day-to-day -day life, trying to interact with others and trying to keep our cool, when we're trying to interact with others and trying to influence them for good, please give me wisdom. Here are some psalms that help us express ourselves when in certain circumstances. Oh, I already put that up there. Let me go back here. Um, so let's just, what I'm going to do is spend maybe 30 seconds on each of these psalms, just kind of glance at a couple of key words, and we're going to come back to Psalm 73. We're going to skip 73, because that's the one that I want us to focus on for maybe 10 or 15 minutes tonight. But let's go to Psalm 3 very quickly here. Psalm 3, when we are afraid, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many rise up against me. Many say there is no help for him in God. Uh, arise, verse 7. Save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth. There's the broken of the teeth we talked about three weeks ago. Salvation belongs to the Lord. I like Psalm 3 in part because it starts out in this kind of dark cave. 
And then by the end, he says, salvation belongs to you. I was afraid, but now I feel better. Hmm. Is there something about prayer that you start out feeling kind of, ugh, and by the end of your prayer, 180 seconds later, that'd be three-minute prayer, you feel, I feel a little bit better now. So that's the way it is designed to be. It doesn't mean that prayer is this magic potion. I appreciate Tali pointing out what I made in a little note in my, in my notes here. Where was it here? The idea of not just using God as a vending machine. Put in my prayer token. Here's what I want. Thank you so much. And we have endless tokens. We need to be prayerful to God when things are bad and when we need him, and when things are going well, and we, quote, don't need him. And I put that in, in quotes because we, there's never a time that we don't need God. That's not the point that I'm making here. Okay, let's go to Psalm 91 very quickly. I said 30 seconds, and there I spent a minute and a half on it. So it's going to be a rough night. Uh, Psalm 91 is a little bit longer. Verse 2. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler, uh, is the New King James Version, and from the perilous pestilence. He'll cover you with his feathers, under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and be your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow, nor of the pestilence, nor of the destruction. And he goes on to say, a lot of bad things may happen, a lot of difficult things may transpire, but God will be there to assist you. All right, uh, let's go to 27 here. Uh, when we are alone. Now, as Christians, we are ultimately never alone, but sometimes you feel alone and lonely and isolated. And 27 is a good place to go to. There, um, there are some Bibles that have, or you may have seen it on social media or on different websites or whatever. When you are experiencing dot, 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 go to this passage, go to this psalm. And this is kind of what Bruce is doing here. When you are feeling afraid, when you are feeling alone, when you are feeling sad. But here in 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength and my life. Whom shall I be afraid? And then he says, um, uh, though an army may encamp against me, verse 3. The idea being that the army is encamping against me and I feel isolated. I feel alone. He says, in this I will be confident. The war may rise against me. And on and on 27 goes. Skip 73 for now. Go to uh, 13, and there are going to be times when we are saddened, when we lose a loved one, when something happens that's traumatic or tragic in our lives. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? And then notice verse 2 Having sorrow in my heart, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? And then verse 6 says, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Um, 
we're not going to have the time to go through all of those eight psalms, but when you are weak, and if you want to uh, write these down, or I can email these out to you tomorrow. Uh, fortunately, nobody in here struggles with the second thing on that list. I know that we are a group of men and women that are immune to worry. And we never have any anxiety, we never have any worry, we never have any cause for alarm. I say that certainly jokingly. Uh, some of us worry more than others. Some of us are works in project uh, um, when it comes to worry in that we've been working on it for the, next, for, for the last 15, 20 years of our lives or, or longer. I do want to go to 37 very quickly here because worry is such a universal issue. And you are, even if you don't struggle with anxiety and worry, there's a good chance that you're going to deal with someone who's a coworker who does struggle with anxiety and worry. And 37 is a, is a lengthy psalm, well, compared to some of the uh, briefer psalms. But verse 37, verse 7 uh, says, Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Um, I, that's my favorite uh, verse besides some of the others in there. But I really like verse 7. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Uh, verse 16. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. That's a good verse to memorize or write on an index card or a post-it note if you struggle financially from time to time. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. God has granted me with the things that I need in this life, and that's, that's what matters the most to me. Um, let me go to the next uh, slide. I want to spend some time in 73. Yes? Okay, that's a good question. So the okay, so we know that Jesus says, and depending on the version you're using from Matthew, uh, well, Philippians chapter four uses the word anxiousness in the New King James version. Uh, in the New King James version, the word worry is used in Matthew chapter six. Uh, so what is? How would we? How would we do it? Okay, uh, let, me, let, me, let me back up over here. Is it okay for us to have concern over things? And I see heads nodding yes, because that's, that's a normal thing. Your child is sick in the hospital. You, to say that you're concerned may be an understatement. A, more importantly than that, and I'm not being disrespectful to, to a child being in a hospital, is a child of God being spiritually sick, we better be concerned about her or about him. And I think we all are. I just don't want that person to, to stay away from the Lord's church and to not be faithful to him. What's the difference between concern and worry to go to the heart of Judy's question? Or is there, or is it semantics, or is it uh, something else? I don't know that I have the answer. Um, Madeline, did you have something? I was just going to say, I think anxiousness is when it controls you. Okay. When you let that control you versus giving it over to God. I like that. that kind of. So the very first part of what Madeline said, thank you, Madeline, was this idea of anxiousness controlling you, having um, dominion over you. Very good. Other thoughts? Because it's a, 
I've had that question a number of different times over the years in classes or whatever. Or Brother Brian here, uh, Joseph. Real quick, I just compare it to the idea of being angry and not sinning. Okay, what do, you, what, with, uh, what, do you, what, what do you mean by that? Well, the verse talks about be angry and do not sin. You think about the idea that you can have an emotion and you cannot allow that free course. Okay. You can exercise that self-control. I think it goes along with what Madeline just said. Very, very good. Very good. A couple of very good comments. All right. Um, you can write these down or take a picture of it or I'll email it to you tomorrow. Uh, but a prayer for dependence on God, Psalm 86. Psalm 86 is probably a favorite of many. Um, I'm just going to turn over there real quickly here because of one particular verse. Um, my favorite verse in Psalm 86 is verse 5. Not because I've mastered it, but because uh, it's a hard verse where it says, The Lord is ready to forgive. Psalm 86, verse 5. And the reason I point that out is because we can be sometimes reluctant to forgive, to use a different R word. <laughs> um, we need to be ready to forgive. When someone hurts us, say, you know what? Thank you for the apology. We're moving on. And going to do our best from there. Uh, a prayer for expressing a longing for God, an expression of trust in God, or a prayer of distress is the fourth of them. Um, who was, I don't, I don't remember who it was, uh, in a Bible class, uh, no, it, was, it was Bruce, last week or the week before, uh, asked the question, and there have been times where I think all of us have prayed while crying at the same time. And that's okay. That's okay. To speak to our Lord and to be in tears over the issue that we're concerned about. You think about the big ticket items. You think about my child, my spouse, my parent, my friend is not a Christian. And I want to do everything I can to say the right things when I see them next week. And you're just so concerned about that person. You may very well be in tears while you pray. So I, I thought that was a really good question that Bruce asked. Nothing wrong with crying while we're uh, praying. Brother Sam here, Joseph. There's a lot of examples in the Bible of that. Okay, give us one. Now I'll put you on the spot. Jesus. There you go. That's one Maybe. I was thinking of. I mean, yes, wow. absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Sam. The idea of being prayerful and tearful at the same time is a biblical pattern. Um, or or is, is, is not without biblical precedence, I, sh I guess I should say a different way. Um, he's got about uh, 16 different special prayers, so we'll, we'll speed through them here. Declaration of gratitude to God. There are times where we just need to pray and say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the good that you have done. Prayer of expressing grief over something that has happened or maybe something you're concerned about. For number seven, special prayer when God seems to be silent. Expression of joy. Uh, a prayer of desperation, of despair, for help, penitence. What's a prayer of penitence? Because we talked about that psalm uh, maybe six weeks ago. What's penitence mean? Repentance, right? Uh, every time... I probably shouldn't say this, but every time I think about penitence, I think about Indiana Jones. Anybody else? Okay, good. Penitent heart, 
penitent heart. And he has to make the steps on the right symbols, right? Okay, I'll probably get in trouble for that later. Boy. Um, but yeah, we go to God and we say, I'm sorry, I've done wrong. I need to do better. And, I, and I, that's, so a repentant heart or a penitent heart is, my understanding, synonymous with each other. Uh, or at least very similar to each other. Number 13, seeking God in the midst of fear. We spent a whole session on Psalm 23, and that was uh, a good one as well. Prayer in the face of doubt, facing death, or expressing our praise of God, 150. I know I said we're going to spend time on number 70, what did I say, 73? Yeah. Uh, let's go to 150 real quickly here, because we, we actually have got 15 minutes left here. And I want to spend about 10 minutes on 73. But 150 struck me as well. Um, and I didn't count how many times it says praise, but it's all about praise. And it tells me that when I go to God in prayer, it's the only time to ever go to him and say, I need this, I need that, I need this thing, and I need that thing. Amen. That's probably not, and probably is a... Um, optimum word, probably not the best way to pray to our God. You understand the point that I'm making? We need to be telling him, thank you. You're wonderful. You are great. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes that's what a prayer should be. Just going to God and saying those things. And maybe not asking anything of him. And that's... It's, it's kind of hard to do sometimes. Because we get so wrapped up in the things that that we are otherwise concerned with. All right, let's go back to Psalm 73. And I want us to spend the final 14 minutes there in Psalm 73. It is 28 verses, and it was categorized particularly as uh, a prayerful psalm, and Bruce talked about it when we are envious of others. Why would we ever be envious of someone else? What, what things cause us to be envious of others? They don't have the troubles we have. They don't have the troubles we have. Um, we sing songs about that, right? We sing songs about the fact that, you know, uh, we are living in this world, but yet we struggle. And those that are outside who don't do godly things or speak in godly ways, their lives just are going well. Why else might we be envious? Finances, absolutely. That's the big one. That's the one that we oftentimes think of is, you know. And I, I talked about this uh, in, a, in a Bible study a few weeks ago or in a sermon a couple of months ago. You know, we have the responsibility when someone who makes five times what we make uh, gets a new car, we are to rejoice with them. And that can be hard sometimes. Um, and say, well, that's the way it is. It's okay. Say, say, say that one more time. Uh huh. Very good. 
Contentment and grateful were the two words that just jumped out out of Tali's statement. We have to be content. We have to be grateful, not just one day of the year, not just in November when the turkey's there, um, but at all times. Be grateful and be thankful and be content. All right. I want to read Psalm 73. We're going to read it very quickly um, and then come back and make a couple of observations. And what I want you to do is look for two things. Look for something that has to do with envy and, and imagine this in your own prayer to God, all right? Psalm 73 says, Truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pangs in their death. But their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God and I understood therein. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant, I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand, you will guide me with your counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Beautiful psalm. Of course, you said about 150 of them, right? They're all beautiful. What about this? speaks to envy. That's my first question. And the second question is, how can you imagine either this as a prayer or certainly components of a prayer? So let's start with the envy part. What makes you think that this is about envy? And and the New King James um, uses the word envy at least once. But point to a verse that says, yep, I I see what Bruce was talking about. Verse 3 jumps out. I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the way. It goes back to what Jonathan was pointing out. We see, uh, I think, uh, see others doing well. 
financially, like Judy said, or material, materially, materially. Uh, what else in this speaks to envy and... Um, absolutely. Yeah, they increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain uh, and washed my hands in innocence. Absolutely. Anything else in this that speaks to the envy that uh, we're talking about here? Let's go to the second part. How can you envision this psalm in your prayer life? What components could you see? Say, yeah, I could, I could put that in. I could take that sentence, and I, I can make that work. And I'm not talking about making it work to make it sound good or for performance. I'm just talking about in, in real life. Yeah, Joseph? Specifically, something that you can pull from this, but as you mentioned earlier with, you know, starting your prayer in one direction, we see here, you know, he starts out his prayer in a direction of how people are, uh, you know, better off than I am. And then you see as he continues, it gets better. He starts to understand absolutely uh, everything that he needs to. Good. Uh, and then I was thinking, I get to Judy here. Uh, Judy's got a comment here, Joseph. Uh, going back to what Tali said a few moments ago, the more we draw near to God, the better things will be. Look at verse 28. It is good for me to draw near to the Lord. Yeah, Miss Judy? I was just going to say in the 12-step program, and it really helps. It says that we do not wish to shut the door on the past uh-huh. because our pain and our past and all can be, um, let's say, can avert death and misery for others. Okay. And that's always like a you can be blessed for your pain and your troubles sure. because you can help others. And do we, thank you. And do we not learn from our past, including the, not only our mistakes, but also from the, the bad things that happen, not because necessarily of our mistakes, but just difficult things um, help us in some way or another. Very true. Anything else in this 73rd Psalm that jumps out to you? Absolutely. There is a situation where you know, others are being blessed in a way, and you're struggling with, with that. Mm-hmm. Yet this song helps us to see the struggle that even a man of faith may have with his circumstances, you know, when things around mm-hmm. you know, appear so differently. Right. So, uh, Brother Sammy, because I'm going to say something about David. I think that's a really good point. I love the idea of being honest with ourselves uh, and then being honest with God. Uh, he knows everything anyway. Uh, so why not just be honest with him and say, this is, this is the struggle that I have. I'm, 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 I'm envious or I'm almost envious of this particular prob- per- person for whatever reason. And I, I want to make sure that I manage this appropriately. Um, yeah, Brother Sam? Similar to what David said, I think if we're honest with ourselves when we look at other people and we take everything into consideration, uh, it might help us to not be envious. They, they use these advertisements. They've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. You see these beautiful people in beautiful clothing or maybe not so clothed, mm-hmm. and they've got money and they've got the nice car and they're drinking whatever drink it is that mm-hmm. they're advertising. And, and you think, wow, I, man, I wish I was like that. Mm-hmm. 
but you don't see them after they've been drunk and the next morning they've, you know, they're in jail because they've wrecked their car or this, that, or the other. And I think that's similar to what he's saying here. I look at these people and I think, wow, I wish I could have that. But do you really wish you had everything? everything. Satan is good at concealing the consequences Absolutely. of their sin. Absolutely. That's a great point. Great point. Uh, Tolly over there, Joseph. Uh, while we're going there, how many of you have seen the, uh, the, the memes on social media or on the internet of a person who gets addicted to either alcohol or to another type of drug? And you look at the picture when they were 20 and healthy, and then five years later, and then five years later, five years later. And it is amazing to see the physical digression of a person's face after, unfortunately, they got addicted to whatever it was. And that's not advertised, right? Very, that's a great point. Tali? Yeah, it's kind of like what Sam's saying. There's a lot of it that is perception. We're perceiving things that are not reality. Hmm. And his reality towards the end was, you're there for me. You know, the reality is you're continually with, you know, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. Um, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward, you receive me to glory. That's the reality. Mm. Yep, absolutely. We, we, don't, we don't know, like Sam said, what, what's going on in everybody's life. In the world, it looks like they're prospering. They don't have God, the reality is. Yep. And there's no reason to be envious of that. Absolutely. Great point. And Roger? I think we can back, tie it back to Psalm 37, where it says, Fret not yourself because mm -hmm. of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Absolutely. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. And that was Psalm 37, verses 1 through 3, right? Excellent. And beyond. And beyond. Yeah, Psalm 37 fits nicely. And, the, and which I'm glad that, uh, that Roger did that and I because uh, now, hopefully, what we've been doing for the last eight weeks, nine weeks, uh, and what Bruce has been doing mostly kind of starts gelling and making sense. These psalms are not just there for us to read so that we can say, I read a psalm today or that I read through the psalms over the last month and a half. They're there to help us. And Romans 15:4, written for our learning. There's something in here for our learning, and it helps us to pray. So I like the fact that he's blending them together, that Roger's seeing a connection between 73 and 37. And you say, well, what about this psalm over here? And the more we would do that, if we were to, everyone's going to write a paper, you know, you could say, well, use three psalms and connect them somewhere, and that would be the assignment, that kind of thing. Um, verse 26 struck me, uh, my flesh and my heart will fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So that's true. Um, those of you that are a little bit younger, uh, your flesh will eventually fail you, and your heart will fail, whether you're talking about a literal heart or more figurative of the fact that your life will go away. Um, and those of us that are a little bit older, we know that a little bit more acutely. But the Word of God and God Himself is forever. I don't have to worry about it because he's got me. Final thoughts in our final two or three minutes here. Someone had a hand, right? 
Oh, yeah, Brother John. Just to talk about <clears throat> the, the envy here, not only uh, praying to not be envious of this person, but in, in verse 17, and he says, then I perceived their end, hmm. so that envy should turn to actually praying for that person. You know, Jesus died for that person as much as he did for me. Absolutely. And that fits very well with Tali's comment a moment or so ago. So rather than saying, wow, he's, so he's got 10 times the amount of money I've got and all his cars and airplanes and stuff. Um, not that's I mean, private, air, like $40 million aircraft. So I didn't want to step on anyone's toes who may have an airplane. But, and if you have a $40 million airplane, I, more power to you. Take me for a ride sometime. Anyway, um, because we have a number of pilots in the, I want to be careful of my <laughs> insult. But the point that I'm making is, I don't know the point that I'm making. John made a good point, and we're going to stop there. Any, uh, I, but really good comments tonight. And uh, I appreciate so much uh, the opportunity to, to study with you. Appreciate Bruce's help so much. Uh, but I do, I do like that final point that John made, that the best thing that we can do for someone who has more than what we have that we might be envious of is pray because they need the Lord more than anything else. All right, we'll stop there tonight. Thank you all so much.